Welcome back. Thanks. Listener. <laughs> oh. And Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> Good to be here on the show. <laughs> I had forgotten about the term parasocial relationship. And then as soon as you texted me that, I was Googling for a while and I was like, this is incredible, fascinating stuff. Well, that was in relation to me <laughs> direct messaging Florence Pugh. Yeah. Which, Which, by the way, Florence, if you're listening... Just don't. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't believe you non-ironically suggested that someone like me text someone like her. I thought you'd want to reach out. No, not Stephen. If you know anything about me, that is the farthest thing from what I want to do is reach out. And it's not even like, what would I even say? Like, hey, I like your movies. I like the way you're put together. You're very cool from the videos you post on your Instagram. I love the way you bake. I've actually, did I tell you I've seen those before? Not from Instagram, but YouTube has heard me talking about her and recommended a compilation right. of her Instagram stories. They're always like that. They're really cool. Well, I'm a fan. This is the Florence Pugh Podcast. Welcome to the Florence Pew Podcast. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. We actually had some things to catch up on in life. Like our day jobs? We had my... We have more things to do besides make nine podcasts in two weeks, uh, but we're really excited to be back. It feels good to be back. Are we still the cult popcast? I think so. Do we call this episode 11? Yes. Interesting. From what I understand, Stephen, it's going to be a different direction for the podcast. We're doing different things from here on. We still want to do films, a lot of film. I'd but- like to. <laughs> it's kind of a dry season right now. As we were texting the other night, we're like, are they, is there anything worth seeing in the theater? There's a couple. When we first started, I was constantly saying to you, I want to do more than just movies and television. I want to do music. I want to do other things that are kind of in pop culture. Yeah. And I'm super passionate about music. I and am. I'm, wait, no, you say. I said, me too. <laughs> I am. I like music. But you, uh, you look at music in a lot of the same ways, I think. Well, you look at a lot of things very analytically. Thank you. As a person. I appreciate And I that. do that with some things, not with other things. Music, for me, is a very different art form than film, mm-hmm. for me, and the way I look at it and interpret it. So I don't mm. usually think about it in, in the critical sense. I just kind of experience it and let it wash over me. And sometimes I'm not even paying attention to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So Same. I also do not pay attention to lyrics sometimes, um, but I try to force myself for bands that I deeply respect. I kind of sit down and I listen through the whole album and I read the words along with it so that I can try to understand better where they're coming from. And this one's been a journey. I've been wanting to do this specific episode, I think, since we started. We had to get through those 10 episodes. Had this album come out by the time we started recording? Yeah, so that's how long I've been wanting to do this. We'll be doing something super different today Mm. because we'll be breaking down an album by a musical artist that we both appreciate song by song. And hopefully somebody hears us and is inspired as well to listen to it. That's kind of the goal through all this because, and this is kind of speaking to my taste, but also yours a little bit, but my tastes often lay kind of an indie rock sub pop electronic synth kind of pop, but it's still considered pop, I think. And and sometimes R&B kind of bleeds in there. Especially nowadays. Yeah. 
I think Gabe and I, going forward, when we do music podcasts like this, we'll be more selective with the albums we choose to do on this podcast, but we also believe that our taste is in line with the wide net that is considered pop and that the bands and albums we discuss exist within that pop and sometimes sub-pop genres. Genre is a weird thing. It is a weird thing. But both of which I think are still considered pop and pop culture. Yeah. Uh, which is why we're doing this on a pop culture podcast. So appropriate. What album are we doing today? We're doing... Everything else has gone wrong. By what band? The well, not the, just Bombay Bicycle Club. <laughs> By Bombay Bicycle Club. Yeah, uh, I've written uh, a whole book. Stephen <laughs> has seven pages of notes. I have seven pages <laughs> of notes, which I've never done before. Really quick, why I think music is so important to pop culture is because it's kind of like poetry. I mean, if you read the words alongside the music, you don't often find the mass population sitting and listening to poetry readings. It's just not something that happens very often. Mm. Maybe in church, you'll listen to a sermon if you go to church or if you attend something that's spoken word or something, but you don't often sit and listen to poetry readings anymore. So I think that music is the poetry of the culture. And so I really wanted to incorporate music into our podcast as well, because I think it's important to look at the poetry that is naturally occurring because of the culture that we're in. Yeah. <laughs> so first, we're going to do a brief history of Bombay Bicycle Club, and then we're going to get into where they're at right now. Bombay Bicycle Club is a UK-based band from North London, to be exact. The band's singer and guitarist is Jack Steadman. Uh, I love his voice so much. It's, it's very unique. It's part of what makes, I think, this band so unique. Yeah. yeah. The guitarist is Jamie McColl. The drummer is Seren De Saram. And the bassist is Ed Nash. They have been together since 2005. Jack, Jamie, and Seren were all going to the same school, which was high school, since they were like 14, 15 years old. Pretty cool. So very close. They've been together for a long time. They're probably good friends outside of the band as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sure they were friends even before. Their original name was The Canals. Nice. <laughs> the Canals. The Canals. Ed came on in 2006. They found their name while they still couldn't land on anything. Jack actually told me this when I met him. Really? Because I asked. Um, he told me that as they were driving to their first show, they still needed a name, and they drove by this Indian restaurant that they often went to called Bombay Bicycle Club. And they just decided to go with that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Kind of funny. That's band names are hard to pick. Yeah. I still hate the, the band name that we chose back when I was in high school. For the band you were a part of? The band that I was a part Not of. Not we, like you and me. But no, no, no. The band that I was a part of, yeah. Can you say it on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I'm sure these guys might have thought it was stupid at the time. You know, like, oh, we just need a name. Ah, Bombay Bicycle Club. But it became kind of iconic. It did. With their following, anyway. They won a Virgin Mobile's Battle of the Bands in 2006, and that is what launched them as a band. Wow. Pretty cool. Wild. Their first EP came out in 2007 called The Boy I Used to Be. They then signed with Island Records in 2008. Island is owned by Universal, was started in Jamaica, and is now based in UK, United States, Australia, and France. Just a little tidbit of information. They then went on to make four full-length albums. In 2009, I Had the Blues, But I Shook Them Loose. My favorite song on that album is Always Like This. Yeah. Um, then in 2010, they made Flaws, which was an acoustic album. They also covered a Joanna Newsom song called Swansea. In 2011, A Different Kind of Fix, their third LP, stands for Long Play, 
for those that do not know. This is when I first encountered the band. I didn't really know it was them, but I had heard their name. And I always thought it was funny because Bomb My Bicycle Club and Two Door Cinema Club yeah. came out kind of sim- at the same time. And I was like, where are these bands that are naming themselves after All clubs? All these clubs. This is weird. I had a hard time differentiating between the two. I think that was the first album I heard from them, too. It was a couple years after the fact, but a different kind of fix. Their song, Shuffle. Yeah just killed it man that hit me the hardest because they started to explore more electronic sounds in that album and that's where my taste lies so was it developing at that or you were already really into that kind of music at that point in time uh, i was already really into that yeah but that that album was i i mean i have i have it on vinyl i still love that album every song on that album is pretty incredible so then in 2014 so long see you tomorrow holy cow this album mm. brings an ear to ear smile when I listened to it. it was also my unanimous favorite album of 2014. I did like a best top 10 albums that year for me. And that album was hands down number one. Would you say it's still one of your favorites? Albums of all time? Yeah. Maybe top 10 or no? Because it's really good. It is super good. It it might be in my top 10 of all time, honestly. I, I love it that much. Like I can put that on... I never get sick of it. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know what it is about that album. I think it's the diversity from song to song. Gautier is making mirrors did something similar where every song was so different from the next. Mm -hmm. It just kept you on your toes and you know, you're attentive the whole time while you're listening. And so long. See you tomorrow was inspired by Jack Steadman's trip through Europe and India. I was very excited to see what they would do next. And then in 2016, they basically broke up. Uh, they decided to go on an indefinite hiatus. They were tired of being on the album tour, album tour cycle. Because, you know, that's what happens when you're signed. You make an album, you go on the tour. You make another album, you make on the tour. And you're, are you not able to just not tour for a little bit? Like, instead of just taking an indefinite hiatus. You can, you just... like, if you're, like, Taylor Swift or something. Like, if you're really big. But it, for I think for smaller I don't, I, uh, it's funny that you, I would say Bombay Basketball Club is a smaller, but, but for smaller artists who are not, yeah, um, I think it's harder for them to have it be a sustained income when a lot of the money comes from the touring is what you're saying. Most of the money I think comes from the touring and the ticket sales. Go out and see a band people support the music. Anyway, they basically said we're, we're broken up. And I thought they would never get back together. I legitimately was like, well, they ended on a high note. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite albums of all time. And then they did get back together with this album. And I, my mind exploded. When I, when I first heard the news, I was like, oh my gosh. When did they announce they were getting back together? It was sometime last year, I think in 2019. I think it was earlier in 2019. So So Long, See Tomorrow was 2014. They announced their split in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then a year ago, they're like, Three years after that, they decided to. I was I was pretty blown away because every year I would like looked I would I would check in to see if like hey are they doing something where are they now yeah <laughs> where's Jack Steadman Jack bring it back we got to go back Jack we have to go back <laughs> uh, okay sorry a little lost quote for you so they had no plans to get back together and even started selling their gear which I thought was hilarious yeah. it's something I've done. Many, many times. I'm like, I'm, no, I'm not so doing music anymore. Like, even if you're not doing music, well, maybe they just had tons of gear, but I can't imagine someone who's had any level of success as a musician just selling there. Well, you have to move on, and you try to get a job, and then you're like, I don't know what to do. 
Well, I'm sure I, I got to sell my gear to make money. I got, I might have yeah. a family or something like, like you just, it's hard. It's hard from a rock star to going from musicianship to something else is hard. It's hard, hard transition. Well, in my head, I was thinking they would just be doing other musical ventures. Know. Oh, they did. They went on to do other musical ventures, but nice. Then 2019 was the 10th anniversary of their first album, which got them talking about touring or doing something. And so that evolved into this new album talking about getting back together and Mm -hmm. becoming a band again. So this album is titled Everything Else Has Gone Wrong. The song Everything Else Has Gone Wrong was the last song to be written for the album, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. And the song talks about their second wind, uh, which is really, I think, a reference to their feelings about music, about making music. I think this was a very cathartic album for them to write in a lot of ways, and it's super personal. The album was produced by John Congleton, Congleton in LA. Yeah. They spent three weeks in LA finishing the album. Did they record in LA? I don't know what finishing entails. Oh, just like three weeks, like okay, uh, yeah, mixing. We, so no, no, no. They recorded a lot of stuff in the UK and then they brought a lot of the stuff over to LA and then, um, they started adding to it because a lot of the production of an album, a lot of the little minor tweaks and sounds and the, the nuances that that a lot of people don't really hear in music. That type of stuff happens when you throw a producer in and the producer starts looking at it from kind of a different angle than how the artist has been looking at it. Mm-hmm. They start to add a, a bunch of those nuanced little bells and whistles. Little intricacies and idiosyncrasies. I don't know a lot about how that production cycle works, but it's interesting to chart the work that you might do with another producer and it really can change the sound of an album in, in the band's catalog. You can pick out, oh, this was a different person they must have worked with. So what was your first impression when you first listened to the album, Everything Else Has Gone Wrong? Uh, Ecstasy. (laughs) It's great. It's super good. Like I said, it's difficult for me to speak in a very technical sense about music. A, because I've never thought about it in that way, but also I don't have much of a background in it, whereas you are a musician yourself, so you can pick it apart naturally in that way. But that gives me the layman's perspective. It was really good. It feels derivative in a positive way. Like this is the natural evolution of the sound of the band if you just kept making albums, you know? But it's, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, I think the sound is still innovative and exciting to listen to. I know, and I think it's the same way for you, it's probably not my favorite. I don't know, I'd have to let it sit for a while still, but I think So Long, See Tomorrow is still my favorite album in terms of just wall-to-wall quality. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of tracks on this album that I'll just listen to on loop for a while. Mm -hmm. And that that's one of my weird idiosyncrasies, Mm -hmm. but listening to it all the way through is, is a really cool experience. Yeah, I agree. I've been a fan since like 2013 or 2014, but I had only ever listened to different kind of fix. I I didn't even hear so long. See tomorrow until you told me about it (laughs) a few months ago. How funny. Well, it's, it wasn't one of those bands that I was keeping up on. Oh, yeah. And then they started circulating the singles like five or six months ago is when I think released the single. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting into the whole catalog all over again. Yeah. Or for most of it for the first time. Yeah. A lot of the themes from this album about finding your second wind and almost as sort of an extrapolation of that idea to find a new reason to live again. Mm-hmm. You know, 2019 was a pretty transformative year for me personally in terms of changing direction and stuff like that in my own life. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what the album is about and Jack's lyrics uh, really resonated with me. And there's encouragement 
but there's also kind of a melancholy because life is like that. And then watching the music videos, there's you get you get the sense as well that there's a kind of uh, kind of gloomy, but it's also happy. So it's funny to see those conflicting ideas come together and make you feel what's the word? Not uh, sorrowful, but kind of oh oh, kind of um, being like in reverie. Do you know what that means to be in reverie? Like in a bliss. It means a state of being pleasantly lost in one's thoughts, like a daydream. Yeah. And there are a lot of times listening to a Bombay Bicycle Club album where I feel like that. Yeah. And it's kind of uh, dreamlike. Yeah. So. Especially with this album, I think. Yeah. I'll cut you off there. I think that was um, very intentional. It was extremely intentional, I think. A lot of the, the time they spent away shaped what this album looks like. And the rhythms and melodies are less complex than the previous album. But I think, like you said, it's super intentional. Um in one interview, I think Jack Steadman said, um, while talking about the differing sound in this album compared to the previous, is he said it's a testament to our fan base that they've stuck with us through all of those different styles. They obviously have quite eclectic music tastes. Yeah. yeah. But but it's true because they're they're doing something very different here than they have done previously. There's a lot of moments in this album that are very repetitive that a song builds on its repetition, adding kind of new instrumentation, like layering. And then the words are often repeated as well. Like a mantra almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole album has a theme of being lost or feeling down in the dumps and then finding hope again or a desire to pick oneself back up again and then start living, um, which is kind of what you were speaking to. Yeah, they that was literally uh, shown in one of the music videos where yeah. Jack Steadman is on the ground and it's like a one shot of him. The paramedics roll up and they're starting to bury him. Yeah, it true. actually made me think of that scene from the lighthouse with Willem Dafoe when Robert Pattinson's burying him because mm. it was almost the same angle. Oh yeah, and then there's a scene in the music video where Jack Steadman's being buried, mm-hmm. and it was just like the Willem Dafoe. Only Jack Steadman had a sheet of plastic over his face, so he wasn't filling his mouth with dirt. Yeah, like yeah. Lighthouse mention of the day. Yeah, we have, to, we have to. Constantly. Remember that one time Lighthouse came out? This is very good. For the rest of the podcast, we're going to show you little previews of each of the songs. Um, that I have personally selected and they're my favorite portions of the songs that I think exemplify the artistry and the diversity of the album. I would also like to say I am, I, I have chosen these selections with the, the, the <laughs> utmost of respect to the artist and I, in no way, shape or form am I trying to misrepresent, misrepresent the artist in any way. Yeah. But I just, I want to say that so that both if the artist hears this that they can know it, and also for the listener as well, they can know that I'm trying to accurately represent the artist in a true light. And I think you did a good job with the little clips you've put together of the songs. This will be a treat for people who haven't heard them before. And then after each song, we will talk about them briefly. So the first song is called Get Up. Here it goes. (laughs) (laughs) And here we go.
You like this song. I do. Yeah. It's slow. It feels like a nice warm-up for the album. But sometimes you have to ease into it. Yeah. And, I mean, also thematically, it's like a... It's like an all rise in church. Like everyone stand up. We're about, yeah, to, yeah. We're about to throw down. The time signature here really threw me off. Cause it's, it's kind of jarring the way that this sound, I think it's a synth is coming in mm-hmm. and then it repeats itself. The syncopated synth, it makes it kind of feel jazzy. Yeah. But I tried to count it out and I still, I think it's still like a four, four time signature, which is just like a one, two, three, four, one, two, yeah, three, four. Yeah. It's pretty repeating. standard, right? But it's, it's the way that the melody of that synth is playing where you're just like, what the heck is going on? It's uneven. Or I think it's, it might even be a sample. Not sure. A lot of first songs on albums have a specific vibe or presence to them. Like almost every opening song in any album you hear from any band has like a, it's like, this is the opening song and it kind of represents what the whole album is going to be. So I thought that this was like a really interesting song to start with. Was it, a, it was a full length track, right? Cause sometimes yeah sometimes they're really short sometimes bands open with like a prelude where it's or only or a... even like yeah like a it's just someone talking or something did you say did you tell me recently that also usually it's the second track that is the statement piece yeah it's like defin like emblematic or definitive of yeah it's often the album yeah it's like exactly it's usually like the this is who we are now yeah this it, is the sound yeah exactly but I always like the first songs on albums sometimes the most. Mm-hmm. Um, first and last songs, I, I tend to like them the most on Name albums. Drop, the new Coldplay album. Yeah, that's good. And that's the opening track, right? That's like just the instrumental piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. They're even overdone on Bombay's last album. Really, mm-hmm. really sets the tone for what that album is going to be. And it probably, I mean, even that title overdone, they're probably them being super worn out from that cycle, like I was mentioning before. Of the first track here should have just been called psych <laughs> or jk gotcha and we're back <laughs> get up well it's it's fitting that it's get up because yeah. it's like i was overdone and now we're getting back up again and mm-hmm. we're doing this thing some of the lyrics i'm gonna read them get up to find out if they wanted to find you i think it might be again him saying i'm picking myself back up again to see if people want to hear us again as an artist you know? Do you think he was unsure of whether or not they'd oh, sure. find success again? Anytime anyone makes art, I think they're always unsure of how an audience is going to react to it. You're always putting your heart on your sleeve and you're saying, hey, does anyone else feel this way? And then people generally go, yeah, I do, because people like genuineness. You know, they like real things. And mm-hmm. And speaking of real things, the next song is called Is It Real? Is it real? I wanna go back. Times have all changed, and I don't want that. As I feel, our lives roll past. Look the wrong way when I'm moving too So at the end, he starts to repeat, then you see me go out the picture, then you see me go out the door. Is it real? And, you know, I love David Lynch. This is kind of a David Lynch reference here. (laughs) Is it real? Mm. Who is the dreamer? Who is the dreamer? Yeah, but this is a good example of that kind of repetition. I think the song starts and repeats the same way almost the whole time for this song. 
Um, this song to me sounds really similar to their first album, which the blues. Yeah. Which was a lot more of their kind of indie rock phase. Yeah. This is very similar to that. Some nice electric guitar. And the video for this is them from high school, you know, and also earlier, like from them growing up into high school home video, it's all home video of kind of cataloging them as people and as a band and getting together and looks like middle school and high school. They were really young in some of it. Yeah. And it's funny just to see them at that age. Yeah. Especially Jack with hair. (laughs) I'm sorry, Jack. I I, love Jack. I'm going through the exact same thing. So, and I will be too. (laughs) Give me a year. (laughs) He talks about his hair loss in this album. Oh, he actually talks about it. Yeah, he talks about losing losing collagen. Um, That's crazy. I think I left it out because I didn't actually want to mention it. Oh, but he does say that. Strike that. And here we get to the song on the album that the album is named after. It's called "Everything Else Has Gone Wrong." Come on and get something on my run. So this song actually, apart from Eat, Sleep, Wake, is probably like one of the more repetitive songs on the album. It gets into a, a thing and then it repeats and repeats and repeats, but doesn't make it bad. It makes it really interesting because what they're doing is really interesting. And the way that they build on the instrumentation is just fascinating. Anything you want to say? It's good. <laughs> well, you could talk about this video because they made a video for this. And, and as Gabe was saying earlier... Jack's laying on the ground and it's really interesting because it's an it's overhead shot the whole time and the camera is constantly moving toward and away from him. The way that I interpreted it was that this song is his way of saying that he has always just felt like on the ground, like being kicked and oh. stepped over. And this is, this is his life. Yeah, that would make sense. This is his every day. And, and so this song I really think is emblematic of that feeling of kind of being passed over and then being kicked and beaten up and then almost dying and then coming back to life. And at that point in the video, he starts chanting, I have hope again. Yeah, that's this, I think, in an album where they're very clearly wearing their hearts on their sleeves, this seems to be the the track where they're most like that, where they're speaking very clearly. It's not a riddle. Them coming back to their music, like you said, they had tried a lot of other things, trying to see if maybe music wasn't the last thing because they'd been burned out in the system, the demands of being a band in today's world. And they tried other things and they decided that uh, it wasn't working out and they wanted to be a band again. I don't know. Yeah. Because everything else had gone wrong. Yeah, that's basically what it is. And they found their second wind. Yeah. This next song is called I Can Hardly Speak. It might be my favorite on the album. Follow away now, I'm 
So this song to me sounds most like a song that you'd find on So Long See You Tomorrow, mm-hmm. which is why it might be my favorite. I don't really have much else to say about it. I really like the vibe of this song. It's more up-tempo, right? It's it's not up-tempo. It's actually a little bit slower, but it's got this groove to it that just makes you want to dance. Like a skeleton? <laughs> yes, like a skeleton. We were playing videos before this podcast <laughs> of skeletons dancing, old Disney animations, and they were dancing to this song. Yeah, it was awesome. It, was, it worked. We should cut it together and send it to Bombay Basque. Here you go. Here you go. Here's nothing. Here's your new music video. Here's nothing. You yeah. You, you don't. <laughs> we, we 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 won't. We don't want anything in return. We just want you to see what we've done. Anyway, I'm gonna read some lyrics from this song. There's a lighthouse. I can hide out. Really? Lighthouse. Yeah. Wow. Really interesting. Full circle. Uh, this next song is Ali's favorite song on the album. It's called Good Day. Is this her favorite? Yeah. I would quit my job. This song, I think, actually captures the feeling of that they probably felt when they, or at least Jack felt when he, when they were in their time off, just kind of meandering throughout the day. And is it a positive emotion? You think, or is it kind of a li- think, like he's lacking? I think it's a it's a a bit of I'm standing in my own way. I mean, he says that in this song. The lyrics are, "If I had a job, I'd have everything I want." He had a job. <laughs> Uh, well, but he's saying, then he says like, I can't get a job and I'm standing in my own way. The quote, the quote is, I just want to have a good day. And it's only me that's standing in my way. Some universal truths here that most people can relate to. Maybe I'm standing in my own way. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that someone who in a catchy melody. Yeah. Even like the Bombay boys who saw the BBC, the BBC boys (laughs) that they found a lot of success, arguably as a band. And they were still longing and yearning for something more or something else. And then even when they changed direction for a time in life, they were still yearning for the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's funny how I can relate to that. I think we all can relate to that. Minus the success. I can't relate to that. (laughs) You're successful. In a different way. In a very different way. Very small way. (laughs) Your biceps speak for themselves. (laughs) (laughs) This next song was the first single on the album. Which, when I first heard it, I was like, wow, this is very different from their previous album. Did you love it immediately? No. Be- mm. Because of that reason. I was really hoping for... You wanted another So Long See You Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I wanted So Long See You Tomorrow. So Long sequel. See You Tomorrow again. <laughs> Back today. Yeah. <laughs> Here's They just play that album in reverse. I've been like, they're geniuses. <laughs> So 
so this song was their first single, like I said, and I was really confused because it was so different from their past stuff. And but it, it's also really repetitive. Yeah, it's and a very was, simple song. I was so confused by the repetition in that. My quote that I pulled out here is, "Dream where you are, will the song never end? I can't stick to the path because I dream about nothing but you." Hmm. And it's almost like Jack is writing about music. And how when he fell away from the path, he kept meandering from whatever path he was trying to go toward next, but he kept dreaming about being a musician again. That's, that's kind of how I interpret it. Jack, you can, you can text me if you want and let me know <laughs> if I'm wrong. DMs. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you if you thought it was a more of an abstract idea that he was referring to as you or like a, something that wasn't a person. Cause yeah, someone think... who's not familiar with the band might think he's like talking about a person like a, like a past relationship or yeah. something yeah and i think that's the poetry behind it that i really love is the beauty of music the interpretive nature of music or any art for that matter true or at least good art <laughs> <laughs> this next song is uh something i'm constantly telling gabe Uh-oh. it's it's called i worry about you oh <laughs> i intentionally didn't listen to that song <laughs> <laughs> no So another case of who's you (laughs) (laughs) another case of who's you true this could have been he's worried about someone in his life or Uh this is people in his life that have been talking to him Ooh, because it seems like that's a great point he I mean Jack again you can text me and let me know talking about catharsis you know taking the form of a musical album the things that he's been processing for the last five years Mm-hmm. manifesting in this way people approaching him maybe close friends or family saying hey are you okay <laughs> yeah true we worry about you yeah this song to me shows off the range of jack's voice the most maybe on the album he has a lot of that high to low that i love so much about his voice mm-hmm. he does this thing it's it's something the quality of his voice or the the actual the sound like a texture it's the texture there's something like about his voice that I'm just like, wow. When he goes from high and then to low, and then he really gets down to the low, I'm always quite swooned is by it, it. Is it just me, or is it kind of like a little bit of a vibrato? Not not a shakiness, but like it fluctuates, it seems, when he's singing. I don't know. I just realized you do have a music background. Uh, not personally. I come no, from No, but you come from, you come from a My father music gave father. me none of his gifts <laughs> and all of his vices. But you do understand what we're talking about to an extent. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I know a little bit of music terminology, but mm-hmm. I, I like, I don't have the ears. So if I, the, like, I'm guessworking here, I'm saying, is there a vibrato there? I mean, in the way he's switching into a falsetto sometimes. There is a little bit of vibrato. I think you're right. Or at least when he has this long. It's like, ooh. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it, yeah. Like, it, it's like a, like a radio wave. Yeah. It's like, but it's so, it's so perfect. Like he somehow yeah, gets in and out of things. It makes it sound flawless. I'm always just surprised. I'm like, how can you do that? Is their live performance pretty amazing? Yeah, it is. I was going to say it usually depends on the mix. 
because mm. the, the live mixer, whoever your soundboard guy is, hopefully they bring their own. But whoever, and then also it also depends on uh, the venue that you see them, the way that the speakers are arranged. Like all those things are factors upon the how you do things. The shape of the room. No, honestly, really, all those things are factors in how you experience a band live. Yeah. And when I saw them, I saw them at the Glass House in Pomona, and I was blown away. I thought they were great. Well, I was I. That's cool to know. I was specifically though thinking about Jack's voice because it no, is yeah, kind of. No, I thought his voice yeah. sounded great. That's sorry. That's what I was talking to. I, I'd be because I don't even know what he sounds like when he's speaking, and I know that they're English, and sometimes it's like they sound completely different when they're singing <laughs> for, when they're speaking. They being like people from other countries, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dave has never traveled outside of California. Let me rephrase that. There are a lot of English musicians. Gabe still thinks you need a passport to leave California. You're about to. To another state. Via plane, because the real ID thing in October. That is lame. But I was just curious because his voice is so unique, and it's one I'd be curious to hear live. It's it's great. We should should go see him. That'd be fun. I'm sure they're coming out soon. If not, they've already passed. Uh, This next song is called People People. Here we go. Cause I hope you have some faith in what you find. Cause right now in lost alone and living right. So I'll be one might be one of my favorite tracks on the album for a couple reasons one the the sound of it is kind of melancholic cheeriness that i mentioned earlier where it's kind of sad but it's also happy i don't know how to describe that but also anytime there's a a guest vocalist who compliments and i think in my opinion this female vocalist compliments jack really well she does a lot of my favorite albums have music like that in fact to just make a, a comparison, the last, uh, the National album that came back, and you're not a huge fan, but most of that album, like half of that album, they had a female vocalist sing with Matt Berenger, and it was really nice and different. So I don't know. I like that. This female vocalist is named Liz Lawrence. <laughs> Gosh, I couldn't have said that in a more awkward way. This female vocalist is named, anyway, Liz Lawrence. She's toured with Bombay before. I'm sure it probably might have been the one singing with them when I saw them. But it is not Lucy Rose from the previous album um, who sang with them. Lucy Rose is also a great artist. Also, Liz Lawrence is a great artist. Is she a, mostly a solo act when yeah. she's not? Yeah, so is Lucy Rose. Lucy Rose, I mean, both of their voices are actually really similar. They have a really nice texture to them. They have a really nice quality to their voice that is um, really complimentary, like you said, to Jack's. And it's interesting because I thought that this was Lucy Rose because they sound sort of similar in that way. Mm-hmm. But they they clearly pick women that have similar tone, sound, tone, timbred sound to their voice that is always going to compliment Jack's in some way. They also have another artist at the end of the album, which is another completely different female singer. Really? Yeah. We'll get there. Anyway, the next song is called Do You Feel Loved? Another question I ask Gabe all the time. (laughs) Do you feel held by him, Danny? (laughs) Do you feel... 
love how this song ends, um, which is why I chose the ending portion of this song. The string instruments in the song start to mimic the snare drum. It's super, super cool. Are those uh, winds at the front? Yeah, they're either they're either actual recorded wind instruments. Like a flute? They're MIDI wind instruments, meaning they're computer wind instruments, or they are uh, some kind of sampling, meaning they're taken from something else. And then Yeah, I would assume it's electronic in some way, but I... It, a lot of these, but it could have actually been analog, like recorded with an actual wind instrument. I'm not sure. I, I like the, I like that sound. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's it's this one is a little bit reminiscent of a track that could have been on "So Long, See You Tomorrow." Yeah, I also really like on the song how the bass drum and the bass guitar hit at the same time. Nice uh, complimentary shout out to Seren and Ed. Nice job, guys. Seren and Ed. Way to go. Love what you're doing with the instruments. <laughs> well, no, seriously, I like that. It's it's yeah. cool because it's a really weird kind of cadence. It's a weird mix with the bass. And so the, the fact that he's hitting the bass drum like he is, it's actually hard to do. Mm-hmm. Drumming is my main instrument, so it, it's hard. It's hard. Is it really your main? Yeah. You, you, you do play a lot of instruments. Thank you. I play the triangle. <laughs> Ding! And the shaker. This egg. next song. Shaker, <laughs> shaker. <laughs> This next song is called Let You Go. It's something I tell Steven all the time. (laughs) This is something I do with Steven all the time. (laughs) Well, can we stay here longer? Burn our embers down. Glowing bright for one last moment just to I like this song a lot. Um, I love kind of a love song. Yeah, it's kind of a love song. It's the repeating, and I I'm unsure who the female vocalist here is. I'm assuming it's Liz again. I hope I'm right. I'm probably wrong, but um, the lyrics here: touching, touching me here, me here, touching, touching me there, washing you, washing me. All the while, the roads are bending. Still, I don't know where. Hmm. Which could be a little sexual. Gabe also pointed out it could be emotional. Yeah, it seems a little bit more maybe metaphorical, metaphorical. than some of the other stuff they've been doing lyrically. I were those like I'm I'm really curious because I haven't heard that track a lot and a lot of this album is so electronic. Are there like so there's like pads and stuff and mm-hmm. I'm curious to when you see something like that live because mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot of electronic music live mm-hmm. and everyone's just playing their instruments. Is there someone who's also controlling that sort of thing? in the show like on stage pads and uh, yeah buttons there's there's a few ways to do it some people program those sounds into something that is like a trigger so when you hit it that sound repeats or they bring their actual laptop and then hook their laptop up and then they have that play like that that sound or whatever like some kind of track play um, through a laptop and it goes through a program that actually sends out a signal where you can hook up your headphones and you have a tempo that everyone's hearing the click 
mm-hmm. or the track you know they're, that they're playing to so they know how to keep in time but so sounds like that oftentimes with these kinds of bands Bombay Basketball Club has always been interesting because they're still kind of a four-piece band you know sing singer guitarist lead guitarist bassist drums that's kind of like the standard you know Beatles you know whatever yeah. But then they're introducing electronic stuff. So sometimes someone will step away from their instrument or they still have their instrument hanging around their neck and then they'll go over to um, a synth or a keyboard or some kind of music generator and do what they need to do and put that thing on repeat and then they'll go back to introducing their actual instrument back into play. It's, It's really interesting. So everyone can do that. Even the drummer might even have a pad where he's triggering sounds that uh, are more electronic drum sounds. And he hits him. You can hit him with your finger with with a stick. Just touch him. Yeah, little touch. I'll reach <laughs> out. Reach out and touch touching them. you, touching me, touching, touching me there, me here, me here there. This last song on the album, and also this is just as important as I was saying to the first song on an album where it it's kind of a statement piece. A closer. Um, yeah, it's this is closing the thing that you wanted to say. This song is called Racing Stripes. It's called. Racing stripes. Here we go. This song is joined by the singer Billy Martin, um, who's another singer-songwriter from England, also really, really great. Beautiful ending to the album. She was the accompanying vocalist? Yeah, saying, this light will keep me going wherever I may go. Um, I think it's in the same key as the previous song as well. A nice little continuation of the... Yeah, kind of just like a it, it, little tag on. Made a different song. It could have even developed. I don't know if this is true, but it could have even developed as part of the previous song. Because in in the previous album they did that, they would have the song play, and then they would have this kind of little addendum to it that would continue. Um, and, usually, and it would almost sound like two different songs when it wasn't. Usually, an addendum sort of track like that is kind of slow, right? Mm, or like a could uh, be anything. We're talking that, about art, man. Yeah, well, I'm art. just. Well, I'm trying to draw comparisons to stuff I've heard in the past, where mm. sometimes. And sometimes it'll even be in the same track and an artist will make like a, an eight minute track with a four or five minute song. And then you wait a bit, you're like, wait, is this a glitch? It's still playing. And then there'll be a little perfect example that flight of the Concords track that we were singing the other day. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we used, what, what was that called? It's not an epilogue, but there's a little part at the end that plays. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, like a closer. It's, it's like an outro. It's yeah. Outro. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. This okay. track feels like an outro to the whole album, just because it's kind of, at least for me, because it's slow. I said, it sounds like a dirge or a, uh, or a funeral march in when it, a way. And when it starts. Yeah. When it starts with the synth, it almost sounds like an organ. It's yeah. an organ probably. Very somber in the music video too. I'd be curious to know, talking about metaphor, what this light that is sustaining him is referring to if it's this musical drive yeah you know to keep making and producing art 
Well, I think that's what it is. So I was going to say in the video, they're in the cold. They're all in these big parkas and they're all following different things. They're all alone. By I say, all, I mean, every member of the band, they're all in different places, all alone. And then it's like the most dreary that you could possibly get. And then as they start to say, this light will keep me going, this light will keep me going. And I don't even know wherever I may go. The very end, they all get together and they're in a pack. And so the final shot is them four together, staring off in, in one direction together. And it is almost like they're saying the light is the music and they mm-hmm. don't even know where this is going to take them because they themselves have said they don't know where they're going to go next. Um, they have another indefinite hiatus. Yeah. Well, they don't, they just don't want to get stuck. And I totally yeah. get that. I respect that. Totally. You know, they don't want to get stuck in that. Hopefully they can find the time and financial freedom to do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyway, that's the album. Yeah. All 11 tracks. Uh, thanks for listening listener. So Steven, I know that you have a, a little story, uh, a cute little anecdote from a few years ago when you went to go see so long, see you tomorrow when they were touring and you approached Jack Stedman yeah. after the show <laughs> and you had some choice words for him. I, I, I'm so curious to know if he would, if there's even a possibility of him remembering this. I've done this with multiple bands, by You've the way. You've destroyed many lives. <laughs> so much art lost. My personal story. Okay. So I kind of blame myself for breaking them up. I jokingly blame myself for breaking Steven them up. Steven is a megalomaniac. <laughs> Probably. But th- he, he makes a good case. Um, okay, so in 2014, when I fell in love with So Long, See you Tomorrow, I drove out to Pomona, like I said, to see them play at Glasshouse. Afterward, <laughs> Jack Stedman was standing there, I think by the merch table, and as I usually... I, I really love trying to encourage bands and people in their gifting. Just like I just like want to see people thrive. That's like something I love. So I went up to Jack and I said, hey, how's it going? And I said, hey, I have a question for you. How did you guys get your name? And he told me, you know, the story I told you earlier, uh, driving up to the, by the Indian restaurant. And he kind of laughed kind of in eye rolling way. And I asked, do you even like the name of your band? <laughs> and And he laughed and said, I am always back and forth on it. And then we joked a little bit about them changing it or shortening it or something. And and he said he didn't think they would change it because they've already had a lot of success under that name. I said, so uh, this is where the the ish hits the fan. Um, I said, Jack, I just wanted to tell you that I think So Long, See You Tomorrow is a perfect album. As I said previously, I really feel like you've tapped into something magnificent and you've reached the pinnacle of what it means to make music. You should be proud. (laughs) And I, I don't know if that was exactly what I said, but something along those lines. And his reaction was, I think, he he just was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then he looked at me funny, kind of as if I was odd and said, thank you, like kind of question mark, you know? Anyway, I'm not sure of it, but I have blamed myself for breaking them up because I think he may have taken that as, how can you ever move beyond this point? <laughs> if I've reached the pinnacle of music, then how can I move past this point? <laughs> You get you showed him he had an epiphany because this stranger approached him after a show. This tall maybe more people did that. Well, no, it's they did. So recently in an interview I read, and this is why I was like, I it had to have been me or someone like me or a bunch of people saying this. But in an interview, Jack Stedman commented on why the band disbanded and said, This is in quotes, we have always had the desire to prove to people that we're not just one of those indie bands. I think that's a positive thing because it keeps you going. 
if you spend your whole career self-assured and everyone being like, oh, you can't do anything wrong, you're the greatest, how do you keep making music? A.K.A. what Steven <laughs> said verbatim. And I said those words to him. Uh, I'm so sorry, Jack Sedman, and yeah. to the rest of Bombay Bicycle Club. I it could have been two or three albums in by now. I after. really love you guys. Yeah, I would have actually liked to see a sequel. I think I I shot myself in the foot. Screw the pooch. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, well, we're here now. I like to publicly apologize for all my actions, especially to Jack personally. Yeah, Bombay Bicycle Club for anyone that's interested. Uh, said they have tentative plans to make an EP coming up soon, but they don't have full plans to get stuck in that cycle again, making a full album. Um, they want to try to live life in between, like we said. Maybe in a few years, another album. Anyway. Give them some time. Go check them out. On, go check them out. On uh, the internet. Go listen to music. Spend a little bit of time doing something that brings you life. Listening to something that brings you life. This is a nice album to kind of focus on there's music that you can just play and not care about but this is an album that's fun to to listen to and care about that is true because it's good (laughs) because it's good (laughs) what else do you want to say what are we doing next um what are we doing you had many ideas i think the one at the top of your list was you wanted to do the watchman or we also have other albums. We might take a break from albums for a little bit. I really wanted to get this one out there. Yeah, timely. Anyway, please enjoy, Gabe. Um, please enjoy, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to step out Another of Another episode of TCP. Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back. We hope to come back soon. Yeah. Gabe, last question. I want you to... I want you to reach deep down inside of yourself and pick out three feeling words that you feel about everything else has gone wrong um deep reach deep uh, cathartic one meditative two and a third word hopeful yay and on that hopeful note we'll catch you on the flippity flip on the flop side